and welcome to the 130th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? Good. So, Roger, for this week, I thought we could talk a little bit about some analysis you did recently. We frequently go back to basics in terms of, you know, looking at the kind of fundamental pieces of information that drive what's going on in wireless. And we were looking at ARPA and ARPU, and you came up with a pretty interesting analysis or or kind of fact point. To start, do you want to talk us through ARPA and ARPU and then tell us what you found? Yeah, so we take these building blocks for granted, and we, we, we consider them interchangeable, which they are not. And so it's very important to go back a time to look at the numbers and make sure things make sense. And so one of the big changes over the last, what, five, six years has been the shift from ARPU, average revenue per user, to ARPA, average revenue per account. Why did they do that? They did it because they were selling more than just phones. And if they divided all the number of lines, even though it was like a 5 or $10 camera or, or, or watch, it would dilute the ARPU. So then they also included phone-only ARPU, right? And not everybody does this the same. The, the, the reason why we make a living is because telcos and, and now also cable providers have to decided to make things really hard to compare. And so you have to spend a lot of time to make the uncomparable comparable. But one of the things that, that when I looked at it this over this weekend for a different kind of analysis, you know, I looked at ARPA. And one of the things that jumps out is that T-Mobile has substantially higher ARPA than, than Verizon. And so the quote-unquote budget carrier, right, sells more per account than Verizon does. And it's not just like a little bit. You know, the difference is for Verizon, it's $128.02 for wireless retail postpaid ARPA. That's on the consumer side, to be clear, right? Right. And T-Mobile has postpaid ARPA of $137.43. Now, postpaid ARPU on the consumer side is higher than on the business side. Businesses pay less than consumers, right? Mm -hmm. And Verizon has a lot more business customers than T-Mobile. That's also a fact. But what was the striking part was like, who is actually the premium provider? The guy who I always felt like the guy who walks home with more money is the one that is the premium provider. And then when you look at postpaid phone ARPU, you have another picture again. Because here AT&T is at $55.43, T-Mobile is at $48.78. And you actually have to do a little bit of math. Verizon is at 6220. 
but that is not phone ARPU, but that's total ARPU. That means they they might come close to T-Mobile, maybe beat it a little bit, but they definitely don't beat AT&T with 55-43. And so it's, it's that perception of who is the budget provider, who is the premium provider, and the other thing that, that I thought was really interesting is what Peter Oswaldick said at the, was it Deutsche Bank? Remind me. I believe, yeah, it was Deutsche Bank. Yeah, so I mean, I think one of the things that's interesting here is that, you know, T-Mobile has been pushing Magenta Max, which is their high-end premium plan, for quite some time, and they've been very successful with it. And so one of the one of the metrics that you frequently hear T-Mobile talk about, both at investor conferences as well as quarterly presentations is the percentage of their base that has Magenta Max, as well as the percentage of gross ads, so new customers or new lines that have Magenta Max. And they're up to about 20% penetration of their base for Magenta Max. So one in five people at T-Mobile are now on their highest rate plan. And 60% of their gross ads, which is a pretty staggering number. I mean, if you can have a business where you know 60% of the people that are new customers buy your most expensive product when cost of serve isn't going to be very that much customer to customer that's a pretty big number right so and we see it in the arpu and the arpu arpa numbers for t-mobile going up over time right as as they are selling more of these premium plans which i would make the argument are are the inverse of value plans they're making more money on it right and I think it's something that is lost on a lot of folks that follow the industry, just the rate at which they have kind of monetized their customer base relative to the other providers in the market. Yeah, and they're still growing, right? So Verizon does and, and talks about it in a very similar vein. They have very similar premium and and like super premium take rates. But... On the consumer side, one is growing and the other one is not, right? Right. Well, and, and I think on the flip side, you know, one of the things that Matt Ellis, the CF, the outgoing CFO of Verizon, talked about at the same conference was the extent to which you know you get Welcome Unlimited, which is their their kind of version of a value plan that's twenty five dollars a line if you come in with a, a bring your own device. How that actually stimulates traffic, but then it's an opportunity for the sales force at the store. To then kind of, it, right? yeah, to, to sell something higher priced, right? So it's it's a dynamic we see happening at T-Mobile as well as Verizon in terms of you know there are these doorbuster deals, for lack of a better term, that then when folks come in walk and walk through the door, there's this more expensive, better quote unquote better plan that people are walking out of the store with. Right now, we we earlier looked at at Verizon's website and they're offering like fifty dollars off on their biggest plan. If you bring four qualified devices, not happening, right? Well, and T-Mobile did this as a Black Friday promotion as well uh, during the holiday season, right? And and Osvaldic talked about how it was, you know, low single digits worth of, of gross ads actually took that offer. You know, if you have four devices that are trade ineligible, you're probably on an EIP and then there's a buyout and everything else. It's not as attractive to customers as I think it initially appears to be on the or, face. Or they pay the buyout, right? The carrier pays the buyout. In, in some circumstances, yes. So there are bounties, right? 
they're, they're bounties. And the, the really interesting thing is that even though T-Mobile sells 60% at, at their highest price point, Magenta Max, they still leave the industry for value for money. Well, from a consumer perception, right? So we ask folks, you know, satisfaction with value for price. And it's like a 10 or 15 point difference between T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon. So even though we've seen that number come down a, a little bit over the last six months or so, there's a clear, still a clear difference in terms of consumer perceptions around value per price. The financials, however, I think tell a different story, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Let me look at the data right now. The, the value for price, yeah, the numbers have, have come together a great deal, right? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, where there was a clear stratification in, in complete experience on, on NPS, you know, that difference has come, come really down. And the carriers haven't been perceived this closely together in a really, really long time which would worry me if I would be T-Mobile. Right. Well, not if you're selling 60% of your new customers' uh, best plan, right? Yeah, and you're still leading in the that. Yeah, yeah. But these, these NPS scores tell you what's going to happen in a year. Typically, from, from the satisfaction scores to impact in the market is a year. Well, I mean, I think the, the other thing I would say is when we do look at you know, value for price, one of the things that we see is that prepaid providers well outstrip postpaid providers in terms of satisfaction with price. That makes sense, right? You can you can go to a prepaid provider as long as you know what your data usage is going to be and probably save a lot of money, right? And we, we talked to Peter Adderton on the, on the podcast about this recently, right? You know, most people are probably overpaying for wireless. If they can quantify what they're going to use, uh, you could probably do better than an unlimited plan. But I had this conversation just today with a journalist from uh, Handelsblatt, which is the German equivalent of the Wall Street Journal. And she's like, but there are all these cheaper price. You know, isn't T-Mobile in, in trouble and, and the other guys because you have these low price entry? And, and I'm like, well... You know, in Germany, there, there was this tagline that being stingy is a turn on. And literally, that was like the one of the, the, the big advertising taglines, stingy is a turn on. And I said, like, that's not in the U.S. In the U.S., it's convenience, right? And consumers know that they can spend probably $10, $20 a month. But they value the convenience. And in their mind, they put together like a budget of like $40-ish, $50 for for wireless. And going through the gyrations of saving 10 bucks, especially when low-income Americans are getting $30 of ACP, and they're not getting the, the, the money out. So one of the challenges for for mobile X is low-income Americans don't need to spend only ten or twenty dollars on their wireless bill because they get thirty dollars. 
or 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 a lifeline, right? And which which you know is incredibly hard to quantify, but there are a lot of lifeline lines out there as well, right? There are a lot of lifeline lines out there, and so there is a natural floor in the U.S. where either the government supports you or you're affluent enough that ten dollar difference a month or fifty dollar difference a month for a lot of Americans don't make a difference. Well, I mean, let's let's not forget that this is a, this is an industry that is you know makes its money on breakage, right? So well, the breakage is gone, right? You don't have overage. You don't have overage. Well, the breakage is gone in the sense that you know there's not overages anymore, and there's not minute buckets for most folks. But there are you know nobody uses unlimited data, right? You can quantify the amount of data that you use, and in a lot of circumstances, if you're on the lower lower stratification of data usage, you can save a lot money, a lot of money by buying by data bucket as opposed to, particularly with a prepaid provider, as opposed to buying an unlimited plan for $45, $55, Yeah, but people like predictability. Right. And they, you know, that there's you just don't have to worry about it. You know, I'm I'm on an unlimited plan. My phone fell off our Wi-Fi network for a couple weeks. I didn't notice it, and my my wife's iCloud backup was was backing up over the cellular network. And we, I used eighty gigabytes one month, and it didn't it didn't matter to me because I'm paying for unlimited. It doesn't doesn't impact me at all, right? And I don't have to worry about it. It doesn't take up any space in my brain, and I'm willing to pay for that, right? And I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah, there's a segment that is definitely not like it. And they have prepaid, which is like a little bit more than a quarter of the market. And you have people who like to have lower end plans too. So there's something for everybody. The question is always how big is the market? And somebody like Peter is counting on a few million people who who like what he's offering. And I think he might find a couple million. He, he's going to be happy as a clam. If he gets like two, three, four, five million, right? It's possible. All right. Well, I think that's all we have time for this week. Insightful as always. Thank you, Roger. Thank you. Thank you.